Welcome to Retirement Plans A to Z. I'm Sue Burnett with Monarch Financial Advisors, and this series focuses on qualified retirement plans. There are a lot of moving pieces with these plans, and the rules are complicated and complex, so we're going to break them down into smaller pieces, 26 pieces to be exact, from A to Z, with maybe a few extras thrown in just for good measure. This is episode H for highly compensated employees and key employees. Would a qualified plan help attract and retain these guys? How would they be treated differently than the normal rank and file employees? Wouldn't it cost more for them since they're paid more? And should they be in the plan at all? But if not, won't that make them quit? Let's talk it through. Highly compensated employees or HCEs And key employees have really specific definitions from the IRS. The IRS defines an HCE as someone meeting one of two criteria. You owned more than 5% in the current or prior year, regardless of what you were paid, or you were paid more than a certain amount in the prior year. For 2019, this amount was $125,000, and for 2020, it's $130,000. Here's a fun fact about HCEs. Did you know the average CEO in the U.S. makes around $12 million? And the highest paid CEO in the U.S. is the head of a global supplier of semiconductor technologies earning, got a guess, $103.2 million. Now that's just CEO pay. The highest paid person total in the world in 2019 was Jeff Bezos, founder of Amazon. His net worth is almost $154 billion with a B. He knocked off Bill Gates, who was number one for a number of years, and he was the first person to ever reach that $100 billion mark. Pretty impressive. So those are HCEs. So what's a key employee? Well, a key employee, according to the IRS, is someone who meets one of three criteria. You're either an officer making over a certain amount, $180,000 in 2019. You own more than 5% of the business, regardless of what you make or you own 1% and you earn more than $150,000. Now, HCEs and keys are obviously very important to the ongoing business. Otherwise, these guys wouldn't be paid what they are or have ownership in the company. These are the employees that you wanna get in the door and you wanna make sure they stay there. So a qualified retirement plan can help you attract and retain these employees. Less than a third of businesses with under 100 employees have any kind of qualified plan. So having one may set your business apart from all the others, and that may be the tipping point to bring this top talent in. Once they're in, vesting provisions in the plan would require them to work for a number of years in order for them to be eligible for their entire benefit. There's more details on vesting and eligibility in episode V. They are treated differently with regard to the different tests in the plan that we have to do. There are different tests to make sure that rank and file employees are receiving enough relative to those owners and HCEs. You can always give the owners and HCEs less, and you can always give the rank and file more, up to limits. But these rules are in place to make sure that the owners and HCEs don't get more than they should relative to what the rank and file are receiving. So speaking of the rank and file, the country with the highest average income is Luxembourg at over $63,000. 
The USA came in fourth, and the country with the lowest average income is Malawi at about 250 US dollars per year. So back to our keys and HCEs. The only time keys are treated differently than the non-keys is when it comes to one particular test called our top-heavy test. Most of these keys are also HCEs, so we're not going to dwell a lot on them. We're going to focus on the HCEs for the rest of our discussion. The HCEs are included with those owners in our counts and our amounts tests, the number of employees we need to cover, as well as how much we need to give them. The more that's given to any particular HCE, the more that those rank-and-file employees may have to get. So, on the flip side, if the HCE was excluded from the plan overall, this may actually lower the cost for the rank-and-file employees. It also may reduce the number of these rank-and-file employees that need to be covered. So wouldn't it be better as a business owner to exclude all of those HCEs that aren't owners? Just kick them all out? Well, that depends. If you've used a qualified plan to attract these employees to your organization, excluding them would likely not go over very well. It would, however, likely reduce the overall cost, which increases the percentage of the total going to you, the business owner. So one strategy that I've seen is to allow partners or some other high-paid, high-level job class into the plan, but exclude the junior partners or whatever job class is right before that one. It gives a carrot or an incentive to move up to that next level and get an additional benefit. Now remember, the IRS is fine with the plan excluding these guys. Remember, you can always give those owners and HCEs less, so giving them zero is perfectly fine. So now let's talk about including them. Sure, it'll cost more, but it does avoid discussions with these important employees as to why they're not in there to start off with. One strategy I've seen is, if these employees are paid a bonus, consider putting the bonus in the plan as a contribution instead of paying them the bonus as wages. For one, you won't have to pay payroll or social security tax on that bonus, and there's a vesting schedule applied, versus a bonus where once it's paid, it's in their pocket and it's theirs. Maybe worth it to include these employees, but again, you can certainly exclude them. Our final fun fact on pay is an international one. The strongest currency in the world in 2019 is the Kuwaiti dinar, where one dinar equals $3.29 in U.S. dollars. This is followed by currencies in Bahrain, Oman, Jordan, and Great Britain. So wrapping it all up, HCEs and keys are extremely important to the ongoing business, and a qualified retirement plan can certainly help attract and retain them. But should you include them in the plan? Well, it depends on what you as the owner are trying to accomplish and what the goals and the objectives of the plan are. We can help you sort through it all to determine how to treat your most important employees with regards to the benefits in your plan and what the cost, the pros, and the cons would be. Want to learn more? Tune into the other A to Z podcasts where we continue to break down these wonderful and complex plans into bite-sized pieces. Remember, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Have any questions? Shoot me an email at monarchfinancialadvisors at gmail.com. Thanks for listening in and have a great rest of your day.